three, two, one. Independence and freedom are often mistaken to be the same thing. I think they're two different things. Independence is your ability to chase a dream, to do what you want, as long as you pay the right fees. Follow the right rules. Follow the right guidelines. Allow yourself to have oversight. Freedom is the ability to walk out the door, wake up in the morning, and do what you want, when you want, how you want to. And that's what this show is about. We're going to be talking about what we want to talk about, how we want to fucking talk about it. I'm going to bring you the truth. I'm going to bring you facts. I'm going to bring you data. Some of it may rub you the wrong way. Some of it may be something you don't even want to hear about. But you can best believe I'm going to tell you the fucking truth about it. I'm going to tell you like it is. This is your host, Christopher Scott Rudder. Fifth. In this foul year of our Lord, 2023. And here's your daily reminder that Gisley Maxwell was convicted of sex trafficking and running a sex ring that included minors 427 days ago. Let's not forget that this woman was convicted of running a sex ring where she trafficked humans and sold humans to nobody. There's still no list out. Kind of weird, don't you think? There's a list out for everything. You can find out if Biden has classified files, defense has classified files, Obama has classified files, the Bushes had classified files, Trump had classified files. But in the meantime, this is happening right underneath everybody else's noses. All right, these are the people that were on FCI. Uh, right, these are the people that were on Epstein Island, uh, confirmed by multiple sources. Bill Clinton, George Mitchell, Alex Baldwin, Ralph Penice, George Hamilton, Dustin Hoffman, Kevin Spacey, Liz Furley, Laura Hunt, Janice Dixon, Naomi Campbell, Christy Turlington, uh, Henry Kissinger, which may be one of the most evil men in the world, Joan Rivers, Courtney Love, Mick Jagger, Courtney Guest. Uh, Bill Collins, uh, Simon LeBon, Charlie Rose of PBS, Richard Branson, Candace Bushel, Tom Ford, uh, Vera Wing, Nadia Barland, uh, Co Stark, and here's some more. Seth Green, James, James Gunn, Gunn, Dan, Dan Schneider, Schneider, Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Stephen Colbert, uh, Kevin Spacey, Kevin, uh, Kathy Griffin, and Oprah Winfrey. Sean Carter, Beyonce Knowles, Anthony Kiedis, John. This list of these flight logs have been around and they've floated up many different times. All of the names have stayed consistent on them. You have everybody who's trying to Kevin 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 Jim Carrey, Steven Tyler, Ben Affleck, Stephen Collins, Will Ferrell, uh, Eminem, Je- Jeffrey Jones, Victor Salva, Mark Rector, Charlie Sheen, Tyler Grasham, Madonna, Rector, I hardly knew her. Catherine Hudson, Gwen Stefani, uh, Stefani Germolta, James Franco, Will Smith, oh, is Will Smith been in the news lately? Justin Rowland, John Cusack, Anderson Cooper, Demi Moore, uh, Ryan Apple. 
some of these names that get mentioned on there, obviously, they probably did have, because he was a fixer, uh, that's the word on it, so there, there were probably people who had legitimate business meetings with him. Uh, there are people who probably visited the aisle just to see what was going on based on the rumors. And they're like, mm, once is enough for me. But then whenever you see somebody who's returned and returned and returned and returned, uh, like the Clintons, uh, like Oprah, like Bill and Melinda Gates, mostly Bill, uh, Melinda has since come out and said, uh, yeah, he didn't go there and just have business meetings. There's a lot more going on than that. She's actually disowned him and completely broken off from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. There's about to be a big war over that. Uh, too bad he's already given away $27.49 billion, mostly to the WHO and to the WEF, uh, to pass legislation and policy on to people like you and me by unelected officials. But the entire time all of this has been going on, you've watched, tracked, and are fully aware of this fucking balloon. The Chinese say that they're studying the weather patterns with it. The United States said they're not really doing anything all that wrong with it. We're keeping an eye on it, and we'll bring it down whenever it's safe. It's a hot air balloon. If it's a weather balloon or whatever, it's still basically, in essence, it's a goddamn hot air balloon. It's up there because of helium. Now, the pictures that they show on this, Nobody really knows what that little platform is, what those little bars are, what those trays are, what that scaffolding is, whatever it is. It may be a steering mechanism. I don't know, but it was able to maintain its altitude and its uh, stance over Billings, Montana, for the better part of two days to the point that it stopped air traffic. No explanation whatsoever as the thing that's fallen from this fucking balloon. Whenever we finally let it uh, travel all the way across the United States. It was spotted from one state to the next. I remember the evening that they were talking about it. it was spotted here in Indiana. And then the next day with Ohio, and it just kept on going. And then here it is Sunday, and they shoot the thing down whenever it gets out over the Atlantic. Now, keep in mind, it started out coming across the ocean and was off the coast of fucking Alaska and was actually, it went through Canada uh, for a couple days before it got to Mo Montana. And notice how there's nothing in the news about Canada giving us any fucking heads up about this at all. Those are supposed to be our neighbors to the north. They're supposed to be telling us what's going on. It went through one of the most highly populated areas in western Canada, in, uh, through the Vancouver region there. There had to be somebody who had seen it, and if somebody there saw it, they had to report it. If they did report it and nobody told us, what the fuck is really going on here? This little map here that's marked with China, take a good close look at that. That actually represents the millions of acreage that China owns within the United States. If it was all put together into its own little mass of land, it would take up western Illinois, it would take up Missouri, it would take up part of Kansas, it would it would take up a huge portion of the United States landmass. And this land stretches all the way from up there in the upper left-hand corner there where Montana and all that shit is. It starts there. And it continues through the Western Plains states and into the Midwest and stops 
a little bit east of Kentucky, which then they all had all they had to do is wait for an hour and just go ahead and shoot it and bring it down. And in the meantime, we're looking for the debris instead of um, here's the here's the path that it took. It was tracked minute by minute, hour by hour, exact altitude, exact track that it was on. The entire path, and the United States came on and said, we don't know what it's doing, we're just keeping an eye on it. The Joint Chiefs of Staff, they came out and they put out, and they issued a statement basically saying that we're not going to do anything. Joe Biden is on record as saying, shoot the damn thing down, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the um, the DOJ and uh, all of that, they said, no, we're, we're not going to do what you're telling us to do. So now we have a deep state bureaucracy um, uh, with the Joint Chiefs of Staff, with the Department of Justice, uh, with Homeland Security, outruling what the Commander-in-Chief is telling them to do, which by all consensus in the United States, nobody nobody here wants to have a spy craft flying over our land from China. We don't want anything to do with that. And why is it being described to us as a spy balloon? Why is that what they went with. Because this is a fucking weather balloon. Okay? <laughs> That's what a weather balloon looks like. You know how I know that? Because I went to the National Weather and Meteorological Foundation and pulled up a picture of the launch of what a fucking weather balloon looks like. And that doesn't look like the picture we've been being shown for the past three or four days. Obviously, it's much bigger. It's big, like you know, three school buses big. It's fucking huge. It's, 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 it's uh, like one of these fucking things. Those fun balloons people ride in. The only difference is it didn't have a basket at the bottom with a person who's maybe going to possibly bungee jump or take pictures while they're up there, enjoy the scenery, pay a couple hundred dollars for a couple hundred uh, for a couple hours while you're twelve thousand feet in the air, shit like that. Is it definitely any one of these fucking balloons either, is it? Each of these bad boys here are equipped with machine guns. High rates of power, high rates of volume of shooting 50 cows. They can shoot in the hundreds of rounds per minute range. And basically, by all accounts on anything that you look at through history, whenever you're dealing with a fucking weather balloon, all you got to do is shoot a couple holes in it. It comes straight down to the ground, no problem. You don't need <laughs> I mean, you can watch it drop straight like a rock, because that's pretty much what it's about to fucking do. We flew these guys around them for hours whenever they were on top of Montana, and we didn't do anything because it was Chinese. And the actual truth to it is, once all of this starts coming out, Mark my words here, in two or three months, it's going to start coming out in the news cycle. It's going to be overlooked here in the meantime. But in the mean, uh, but in the news cycle, they're going to start reporting that we couldn't shoot it down because they were actually doing ground surveys and studies of the land that they fucking own. So we would shoot them down over their own land, which is an international act of fucking war. That's the reason we waited for it to get out to the Atlantic. It'll take about 10, 20 bullet-sized holes to land this balloon safely. It'll drop like a rocket and wherever it fucking falls at. I mean, yeah, it's going to create a crater. You wait till it gets out over the forest. You wait till it gets out over the desert. You wait till it gets out over the mountain range. 
which it did multiple times during its five-day journey through the United States uh, air, airspace. And we never did it one time, and even whenever the president, this is one time I'm going to say, Sleepy Joe, you definitely had it right. We should have shot the motherfucker out of the sky and then scavenged everything and found out everything that was in it so we know exactly what they're doing so there's no guesswork. Instead, they waited till it was 20 miles out into the ocean so that debris, the debris field will now spread for miles and miles, and recovering each piece of this is going to actually become impossible. States, but they just shot the balloon. What is it? Splash board. Splash Yeah. Now, where is the thing that was attached to the bottom? Why is it nobody's even slightly worried about it? We're definitely sure it was unmanned, right? Got him, shoot that fucker down after traveling across the U.S. soil for approximately 22 hours and over 2,000 miles. Yeah, we got him all right. You'll notice the balloon was spotted off the coast of Alaska, like I said before, long before it traveled within country. It traveled through Canada before it popped up in in uh, Montana. That was the first time it was. More now Sign. on that suspected Chinese spy balloon. More now on that suspected Chinese spy balloon. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says the U.S. military waited to shoot it down until it could be done without undue risk to American lives in the balloon's path. CBS I just showed you a map that showed the path that the balloon took whenever it was first spotted in Montana. First of all, in Montana. You have to drive literally for four, five, six hours at a time to find a town. Second of all, you're going into the hill. You're going into the Black Hill land. You're also going across plain fields in Missouri and Illinois. And then you're going across the Appalachians in, in Kentucky. And then you're going into the beachfront of North Carolina, of North and South, South Carolina. In between there, there's about 10,000 good locations where there ain't anybody. You ever flown over the United States? You ever actually taken a look at that out the window as you're flying and realized there's not a whole lot of people down there? Like, I see lights over here, I see lights over there, but until I get to the city I'm landing at, like, there's not a lot of fucking people out here. They could have shut it down anytime from anywhere. And they could have been able to direct exactly where it was going to land at, exactly how it was going to land. Instead, we let it go all the way across the United States so that way we could avoid war. We already have one de facto war going on with Russia with the Ukraine problem. And I refer to it as a problem. And I have since the beginning, whenever I started reporting on this, Back in last October and November, 
uh, whenever I started reporting to you the payments that were being made to the Ukraine, and everybody was like, well, that's fucking crazy. Why were we sending them money? And then come to find out in January, whenever you all found out about it, we had already sent them $50 billion. And I had to remind you, I've been telling you about this because the payments have been coming out since last August. This payment plan to the Ukraine has been going on for well over a year and a half now. And it's totaled over $125 billion that we've given to them. Instead of giving $125 billion to the U.S. taxpayer, uh, to the middle class, to those who are below the poverty line, let's do that. Let's give them a huge fucking leg up. Let's change their ability to pay some bills, get improve their schools, improve their neighborhoods. No, we're going to send tanks. We're going to send money. We're going to send guns, armament, ammunition. And then later we're going to do a report, come to find out, we don't even know where 60% of that shit is. Fox News alert. A stunning briefing by the Pentagon just wrapped up a second ago. They said a high-altitude Chinese spy balloon the size of three school buses has penetrated U.S. airspace. Now you hear how all the news, this is now the third different clip I've showed you. I've showed you from ABC News, I've showed you from NBC News, now this is Fox News. Why are they all labeling it? Why is their talking point that it's a Chinese spy balloon? Why would you tell that to the American public? Just a second for this one here to load up. I don't know why it's taking so long. I the United States the government. The United States government has detected and is tracking a high altitude surveillance balloon that is over the continental United States right now. The U.S. government, to include NORAD, continues to track and monitor it closely. The balloon is currently traveling at an altitude well above commercial air traffic. It does not present a military or physical threat to people on the ground. Instances of this kind of balloon activity have been observed previously over the past several years. Once the balloon was detected, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against the collection of sensitive information. So they briefed? They acted immediately against the collection of sensitive information. What they do? They drag a tarp over all the bases. Because the majority of that big map I just showed you a minute ago, that huge chunk of land that China owns, of United States farmland and rural America, the majority of it, and along every stretch of every mile of every inch of that entire border of what I just showed you, is all within two to 300 miles of military bases. Some of them incredibly important military bases like where our silos are for the ICBMs, like where our protection facilities are for all of the drones that are being made now, for all of the stealth planes that are being built now, for all the new Abrams tanks that we're going to have to replenish and refurbish the supply now that we're sending a bunch of them to fucking Ukraine. 
testing facilities. Area 51, places along those lines, they're, what they do, how they cloak it, how they protect it. There's some sort of magical force field that they're able to put up, and if so, are they using that against us? Are there things that we're able to see that now all of a sudden we're not because they have some magical force field that makes an entire military base disappear from a camera of a balloon that's 60,000 feet in the air? Whenever you're doing 60,000 feet up in the air and you're looking around a couple hundred miles, a couple hundred miles off doesn't look that fucking far when you're that high up. So they're able to see things in thousands of mile radiuses over this entire tract that they took from Canada in the northeastern corner, Montana and Idaho and everything else going across the east, nice and slow and easily at a decent little pace. They were able to keep it all completely under control and it flew basically on an exact straight line. It's the president, and according to the Wall Street Journal, Joe Biden told his generals, generals, shoot it down. Shoot it down. And the Pentagon overruled the commander in chief. -chief. Said no. no. Sorry, Sorry, Mr. President, it's too dangerous. dangerous. I thought they were really only brave enough to do that kind of shit when Trump was in office. (laughs) Whenever Obama said bomb those little bastards and shoot them all down. We went through so many bombs, you can actually look this up, do your own homework on it, but you can look at it in 2008 and 2010. We actually ran out of bombs. We didn't have a surplus anymore. We're beyond the reserve. We're, um, we had an emergency low bomb count situation going on because we had dropped so many bombs on Yemen and Afghanistan. And they didn't bother to tell him no. They bucked up and they told Donald Trump no uh, because they thought that anything that he was doing was against the deep state, was against what the New World Order wants, was against uh, what the establishment is actually wanting and is what is actually a part of. That's the reason there was so much fear with Donald Trump while he was in office. It wasn't the fact that he was a brilliant businessman or he said some incredibly divisive shit. You know, I, I think some of the funniest lines ever are... Uh, it, It's called the Wuhan flu because it's from China. It's from China. Chinese flu. It's one of the funniest fucking things a politician's ever said. But because he said it, it became racist to consider COVID to be uh, a Chinese variant of some kind. As I show you these clips... Leave comments. Tell me what it is you think, what it is, where you think I'm going, or what you think I'm going to talk about next. Now, this is Biden at a press conference. He's being asked by the media, hey, do you have anything to say about this fucking balloon? <laughs> like, what's going on? What's the plan? What are we doing? And his exact in reaction Montana. is exactly the same thing in as Montana. when they said, what do you got to say about Hunter Lamp- Hunter's laptop being in FBI possession for four years? Thank you for coming. 
This was the exact same look. The same smug look, same smug smile. He's not going to answer the questions. I don't have to answer the questions. That's a let them eat cake moment. Generally, the White House is very good at putting out any type of, let's just say, misleading information at the very least whenever it comes to employment or economic figures or job growth figures, um, COVID figures for that matter. We do, have, a, however, have a very stern message for whatever diplomat the Chinese government is going to send to us so that way we can scorn them publicly. So, what was all this distraction about? What was actually going on in the background here? Why is it that we aren't able to talk about any of this shit? At the State Department. Why is the State Department? Oh, wait, you hear this? Sent what they're calling a clear and stark message to the Chinese embassy. They have summoned a Chinese diplomat and have prepared a very stern scolding. Let's bring in Lieutenant Colonel Danny Davis, senior fellow at Defense Priorities. Danny, oh my goodness. Why can't we just pop this sucker and call it a day? You know, Jesse, I, I, I've been wondering the same thing. I mean, I, I can't imagine that, you know, any unembodied guest in our, in our space has any rights to continue to fly. Uh, but I don't know if you remember or not, but just a few months ago, uh, our vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, went over to Taiwan uh, to visit those very important facilities that make all the computer chips. She went over there to talk to them, talk to them about strategy, talk to them about security. And because a U.S. airplane flew over Taiwan and supposedly over Chinese international waters, they practiced missile drills off the coast of Taiwan while our vice president was there. That's how serious this whole violating airspace thing is internationally. North Korea has done it. Japan has done it. China has done it. Obviously, you have many Eastern European countries that they haven't exactly fired missiles, but they have armed the borders. They have, you know, maneuvered their entire military from one border to the next. If you fuck with one country in Europe, especially the NATO allies, you fuck with them, one of them, you're fucking with all of them. So that's a very well-known uh, item. Their airspace is taken very seriously. The Russians aren't even allowed to come within seconds of NATO airspace without it launching World War III, literally. Look, I'm, I'm no fucking genius here, but I'm pretty sure just a BB gun would have pretty easily have killed this fucking lunatic with no problem. I don't know if any of you are aware of who... Um, uh, Blaine is, uh, he's a, a world-famous musician, uh, musician, magician. There's all kinds of crazy stunts, all kinds of crazy metaphysical things, all sorts of different body things that your body isn't supposed to be able to be exposed to and, and not die. He's able to overcome all of these things, like being buried in ice, being buried alive. And then he did this balloon trick. He literally filled enough helium balloons 
to be like in that cartoon Up, where they lifted the house off away because they had so many helium balloons. Pretty sure a couple BB guns would have caught the brought this crazy fucker down. That's the reason it was rescheduled three times before he actually did the flight. They blamed it on wind twice. But there were people in the area who reported that if I see that balloon, I'm going to shoot it. Uh, America. So just a couple BB guns or, you know, a decent shotgun with some buckshot in it could have killed this guy, David Blaine. While he's floating around in his little balloon contraption, he did it for his daughter. It's a great little story, actually. He did it because his daughter loved the idea of the balloons lifting the guy away and up and all that stuff. It's a really cool story. David Blaine's an awesome magician. He's I've seen a lot of his different specials. I've seen him appear on different shows uh, and, and do crazy things. But a decent shot with a fucking, you know, a 30-odd six would have took him out of the air. Just like that. And here we are this entire time for the past couple of days watching this balloon just travel across the fucking America and we're being told it's a spy plane or a spy, a spy craft, a spy balloon. Why are you telling us it's a spy balloon? What's actually going on in the meantime that you don't want us to pay attention to? I mean, it's a whole thing. It happens all the time. These weather balloons, they get shot down all the fucking time. They get took out all the fucking time. All it takes is a bird to take these goddamn things out. And people do shoot them. People do track them. And they do shoot rockets at them. It's a whole fucking thing. It's like a weird little underground sport or activity where people go after these weather balloons that these, these nerds are launching balloons. These nerds have rockets. And we're going to see who's going to win. If you can get the balloon through the rocket field, then... <laughs> You know, I guess it's a you won. I don't know. But it's a it's a thing. You can look it up on the internet. People have shot down weather balloons. Now here's the other other thing that's eaten up a lot of the news, the thing that I believe that we're not supposed to be paying attention to. Here in southern Indiana, uh, we had our um it was the fourth or fifth warmest average January on record. Fourth or fifth. And um, in December, we had, uh, I think it was like the third or fourth coldest month on average here in southern Indiana. So here, that's pretty two extremes. But here's the thing. If it's the fourth coldest on record, that means it's been that cold before and it's been cold more times than that. And if it's the fifth warmest, that means it's been that warm before and it's been even warmer a few other times. And this is something that is happening all across the nation. We're seeing a lot of record highs. We're seeing a lot of record lows. In the Northeast this weekend, we're actually seeing a winter storm, a wind storm, really, uh, that is generating as horrible as negative uh, 100 uh, wind chill and as high as 100 mile per hour wind gusts. That's extreme, but that's a once-in-a-generation storm is what they're calling, which means it's happened before. It's happened multiple times. If they're calling it a multiple-generation, a once-in-a-generation storm, that means it's happened, happened multiple times since they started tracking weather. For all of the climate change people out there, the climate extremists, you know, yeah, obviously there's things that we can do to take better care of the world. 
island of plastic that is just trash and waste that is floating around in the Atlantic Ocean. It's basically the size of Rhode Island. <laughs> That's horrible. And we all know the story that you're supposed to treat your body like a temple. We're treating our bodies. We're treating our world. If the world is our temple, we're doing a pretty poor job with a lot of different things. But here's the thing that I think everybody's supposed to be ignoring while all of this is going on. There's no big power outage in the Northeast. There was no big power outage in, in the Midwest. Whenever we had that huge cold and ice and, and snowstorm, the huge cold was the main thing which created uh, ice buildup. Uh, just uh, a few weeks ago here in southern Indiana, <clears throat> uh, we didn't lose power. I think it was reported there was 185 total residents that lost power during the middle of that horrible storm. We saw wind chills of negative 40. We saw snow and we saw ice. <clears throat> Same thing on the West Coast. During all of this flooding, which nobody wants to talk about while the floods are going on, the fact that for the past two years, much of California, much of Arizona, New Mexico has been going through a record-breaking drought. It's the worst drought on record for like over 40 years which again means it's happened before it's not new it's just the way the weather changes it's just the way the climate works there's all kinds of studies on this but whenever you look at how the power grid is actually set up across the country you have an east-west divide and it's basically it's not the mississippi river <coughs> most people would think that that would be the natural divide but it's actually based on the Continental Railroad system where all the infrastructure is actually put. But Texas itself, and parts of Oklahoma and parts of um, uh, Arizona are on the singular power grid that for the second time in the past two years we're having an ice storm and it's shutting down the power grid. So it got me to wonder, like, what's going on with these power facilities? And then as I looked at it, I come to find out that there have been many power facilities that have been shut down from Texas to New Mexico and Oklahoma and Arizona. Then I was like, why are so many of these facilities being shut down? That's, uh, if the grid keeps going down, the best way to keep it from going down is to make sure that we have extra power facilities open so that way we can supply the grid. Is that, <laughs> is that too much common sense? I, I, I'm not like trying to think or build a conspiracy out of this. I'm just wondering like, why is it that they're shutting down power facilities when obviously when they're put under stress during the extreme heats that they deal with and during these extreme colds that they deal with because Texas didn't deal with snow, but once every five, 10 years, they deal with ice storms that are motherfucking. And they're motherfuckers because it's Texas and ain't nobody prepared for fucking ice. There are hundreds of homes just in Austin, Texas, that have solar and generator backup that still don't have power because they're tapped into the grid. 
Did you know that there is a type of generator that runs off of uh, solar backup, it runs off of diesel, runs off of regular gas, and it's no louder than your air conditioner when it kicks on during the summer? That if you were to completely take down your home and convert it to your own self-sustained power structure, try doing that in any city in the United States with a population of more than 50,000 people and see what happens to you. Within days, you will be visited by the Building Code Commission and also the power company. And that project will get shut the fuck down. Try it. Look it up. Look it up on DuckDuckGo. You can even look it up on Google. You, you can find people that have even been arrested for trying to do that. So why aren't so many of these tech, these facilities in Texas being shut down? We got thousands without power during another ice storm. These storms aren't new. They literally happen every couple of years. This is the Go Green Initiative. It's backfiring. The Build Back Better bill is starting to bear fruit and it's starting to show us what it's really all about. I was in Massachusetts. I was in Massachusetts about a month ago on the site of the largest old coal plant in America. Guess what? Cost them too much money. They can't count. No one's building a new coal plant because they can't rely on it. Even if they have all the coal guaranteed for the rest of the existence of the plant. So it's going to become a wind generation. And all they're doing is they're going to save them a hell of a lot of money using the same transmission line that transmitted the coal. He just said it's going to become a wind generation. Everywhere he goes, he throws out these different things. You're going to become a solar generation. You're going to become a hydro generation. You're going to become a wind generation. None of these generations exist. These are all experiments that across the country are uh, being subsidized by the coal and gasoline or natural gas industries. They're not running on their own. You can't run on your own just with solar. You can't run on your own just with wind turbines. And you sure as fuck can't live on your own with just water turbines because our infrastructure is all built on a wiring system that's more than 70 years old. The Build Back Better plan was supposed to start building, changing, and immediately rebuilding our infrastructure, our highways, our wiring systems. Everybody needs to have access to Wi-Fi. Remember, that was something that was ran on. That was Build Back Better. And here he is stumping, saying, well, we're having to close it down, you know, because they can't just afford it, you know. you got all these health costs because of all these coal miners. you got, uh, you know, we need to trans, trans, uh, uh, we need to go ahead and move everything over to a different energy source, even though there's no plan for a different ener energy source. There's not a, um, a subsidy, there's not a substitute. But it was actually planned. Yes, it was. And this is going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. During the 2020 election cycle, Biden ran on this very platform. He told you he was going to do it. He said, shut down the pipeline, stop drilling and coal mining and America as a country answer the call and create a new technology for our energy needs. So here we sit. 
still waiting for this hope and a prayer to be answered, this magical new tech that is still on the horizon. In the meantime, they don't even want to answer questions. Thank you. You said that the president's fine. I will say this for Jean-Pierre. 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 Anyways. She was put in place after Jen Psaki left. She got her big contract at MSNBC. <clears throat> she's getting paid $50 million a year to go ahead and repeat the party lines. And she's going to be one of those people that's fed uh, the talking points. You've seen me show the videos where it's channel after channel after channel after channel after channel. All saying the exact same thing and the exact same cadence in the exact same way. To where at the end of the video... It ruins the sound quality. It sounds like a beehive with an echo. So many different places. Uh, she's going to end up being one of those people. Anyways, they brought this young lady in. And Jean-Pierre is a couple of different things. She is LGBTQ. She is a lady of color. And um, even though she doesn't actually say anything whenever she's asked... <laughs> She's very good at avoiding questions. She's very good at avoiding having to answer things. She's very good at giving a sideways, condescending look uh, that, you know, hey, we talked about this before, and I gave you the answer that I'm going to give you, and that's all we're going to fucking say about it. She's really, really good at this. Um, so I think she's going to last the rest of his presidency. I think this is not going to be, you know, like Trump. He went through five different press secretaries. Uh, O'Biden, uh, O'Biden, <laughs> Obama, uh, he went through five or six as well. Bush went through, I think, just two or three uh, because of Brunsfeld and uh, other things that were happening back then, the, all those people who were in uh, the whole lying about weapons of mass destruction fiasco. But anyways, back to Jean-Pierre, and here she is. She's answering, you know, hey, what, what is this about coal? Like, we're taking away jobs, and we don't have anything to replace it. Like, what's the plan? That's what she's being asked. Thank you. You said that the president is fighting for coal communities. Um, but just to follow up, that doesn't mean that he's fighting to keep these coal mines open, does it? Well, the president, I, I laid out very clearly about how the president sees, um, uh, sees his, his part of this uh, and what he has done. Uh, you know, he has, he has, uh, uh, you know, through the work of uh, working group on coal and power plant communities, President Biden has already delivered more than $23 billion to energy communities across the country. Uh, he has put forward plans that are bringing new energy. Now, this $23 billion that she's talking about, there's a study going on right now um, by the Freedom Caucus to find out exactly what happened with that $23 billion. And uh, what they're finding at first, now this is going to take many different dives, this is going to take many different angles, but the first angle and the first dive and the first layers, they're showing that the media was paid off, Executive bonuses were paid out. Pensions were paid out for people to take forced early retirement. No actual improvement of the infrastructure and no actual plan or anything putting, being put in place to replace this coal shutdown that's going on state by state across the this great republic of ours. We're seeing people lose their job, lifetime jobs. And granted, being a coal miner is not the healthiest thing. You're probably going to die of some sort of cancer. But in the meantime, you're going to re 
you're going to provide incredibly well for your family. You're going to set up generational opportunity. If you're able to put in the whole 35 years at a coal mine nowadays, even though it's not as dangerous as it used to be, more than likely you're going to have something to show for it in the way of a bad health condition. But your wife and your children are going to do very well from it, and that is our upper middle class currently. And we're eliminating those jobs. And this is our answer as to what the replacement is. So just so we're clear, <laughs> the last time a coal mine was actually opened in Pennsylvania, to a lot of sugar. Hillary Clinton famously said she would put a lot of coal miners out of work. In contrast, as the first new coal mine in recent memory opened this week, President Trump said in a video message promising more jobs were on the way. We traveled to Trump. This was 2017, the last time a major mine was opened in one of the most major coal mining areas of the world, let alone the state of the, of the, of the 50 of the United States. This is the last time a new mine was opened, and this was the last time new jobs were promised to these people. That's the reason last year over 40,000 people left Pennsylvania. There's no jobs. If you were a coal miner, you're a coal miner family, or your business was derived from the coal mining community, there's nothing left for you to do. So it's time to go someplace else and repurpose those skills. Go to other states where it's freer, where at least the taxes are less, so that way the savings that you're taking with you can't be chunked away as badly as they can be in Pennsylvania. Now, this has been a major talking point for the WDF at, WDF, WEF at every Davos meeting for the past six or seven years or ever since this little twit showed up and told us she had nightmares about her future because of coal. This is Bill and Melinda Gates. This is the last cup, uh, picture of them together as a couple. I don't know if she's looking at him like, you fucking idiot, I hate you. I don't know if this is a, you've been married for so long that you just look at somebody and you detest them. <laughs> because the microphone's always on Bill, it's never on Melinda. Melinda's always there as the side piece. Melinda's been there ever since Bill was a young man and he didn't graduate college and went on to steal technology to become the billionaire that he is now. But whenever you see these pictures, whenever they're at the World Economic Forum or they're at the Davos meetings or at the WHO World uh, Vaccination and Viral Control meetings and, I mean, all these places, the Bill and Melinda uh, Foundation has been responsible for uh, almost $24 billion in donations. Most of it to the WEF, um, which then means to Klaus Schwab, basically, who is also funded heavily by George Soros, and the WHO, again, funded heavily by George Soros. And uh, most of their panel, most of their uh, council, and uh, most of their chairman 
are very influenced and have actually graduated from the End Global uh, Leaders Group uh, uh, held by the WF and taught by Klaus Schwab. And uh, just in uh, 2020 to, uh, I'm sorry, from 2019 to the end of 2021, going into 22, uh, Bill Gates donated over $300 billion to the major media groups. For people who are all in and they watch C-SPAN or they watch Fox or they watch MSNBC or they watch CNN, those people are all in. And those are the groups that Bill donated to, this over $300 million, Fox was included. Now, whenever you have that kind of funding, whenever your commercials are paid for, the back office, the new expansion, uh, your new bonus, your new salary structure, whenever all that is funded by the donations that are given to you by Bill and Melinda Gates, how much bad press whenever he does something really fucked up do you think the news has the freedom to be able to do? Whenever the guy who paid for their beach house is technically the bad guy. How many bad reports have you seen come out in the past six months from supposedly neutral organizations, from groups like The Onion, uh, from The Young Turks? Gnarly, say hi to everybody. Everybody say hi to Gnarly. No, you can't interrupt the show, buddy. Anyways... He has gone on and he has donated over the past 12 years this $27.4 billion. Back in the day, it was a big thing whenever he said he wasn't going to leave any of his uh, vast wealth and his empire. He wasn't going to leave it to his kids. He was going to donate it all away. And everybody's like, wow, you're fucking crazy. What the hell? Why wouldn't you give any money to your kids? He doesn't want to give any money to his kids because he doesn't want anybody to be fucking alive. He's famous for giving a speech at a TED Talk saying that we need to reduce carbon to zero. You and I, my friend, are made of carbon. And he was connected to this guy. He flew to his island, was registered to go to his island, was registered to land there by flight logs, whether it was the Lolita Express, uh, Express which was ran by... Epstein and his crew, or coming in from other areas, obviously Bill Gates has his own private plane, but they still have to show landing and takeoff logs. That's FCC. That's worldwide, like, federal policy. If a plane's in the air, we need to know it's there. So it has to be tracked where it's coming and going from. Who was connected to this family, who in the meantime has never had to defend any of this, the Clinton body count is something of legend. The Clinton body count now technically includes over 246 people connected to them. Now, all of these people listed in the first 38, you can go through all these different names. These were lead lawyers, lead counselors, <laughs> uh, uh, members of their own personal cabinet, people who could have been, mostly people who could have been in meetings that they heard secrets. And then the following list is the people who were bodyguards that saw shit happen. There's a couple of the guys on this list that uh, reportedly walked in during the Monica Lewinsky blowjobs. There's a couple of the bodyguards on this list 
who supposedly were there for the com- conversations with McDougal and the Whitewater investigation whenever they tried to impeach Clinton, Clinton while he was in office. Nobody brings that up now. Everybody only wants to talk about Trump as the only president to be impeached. No, Clinton was impeached too. He was impeached twice, one of them over a blowjob in the White House. That's, uh, you know, because she could have had access to classified records. So sucking his dick, she could have seen a classified record out of the side of side of her eye. But in the meantime, Biden hasn't found in three different uh, uh, residences. Michael Pence hasn't uh, come up. Uh, the big thing is Biden hasn't come up at the Biden Penn Center, where they directly received $54 million in endowments and donations from the Chinese government. Which, whenever you hear the uh, U.S. media speak about it as the CCP, that is pure propaganda. CCP is code for the Chinese bad guys. JFK Jr. was declared the frontrunner for the New York uh, Senate seat in 1999. He was far and away ahead of Hillary Clinton. This was during the primaries. He was as much as 20 points ahead in some polls. And days later, as the primaries went on for the New York Senate, his plane crashed, making Hillary Clinton the newly elected senator. That happened during the election actual cycle. Can't really vote for a dead guy, can you? And then once she gets in, who the fuck is going to run against Rodham Clinton? Huh? With the body count and all that shit, like... That's not really the way that's going to go. Anybody attached to these people and this organization, check your representation. Have any of your senators or congressmen gone to or been funded by any of these guys if they've had any direct relation with the Bush family, with Klaus Schwab, with Henry Kissinger? Then they are the bad guys. They are part of the deep state. They are part of what we call that entire collection whenever you're dealing with the military-industrial complex, mass media, or the military, uh, um, sorry, the uh, military uh, mainstream media, <clears throat> and then also the weapons manufacturers and all the big tech companies who get together and tell the uh, elected officials to tell our politicians, they tell them what to do, and none of it has anything to do with you or I's best interest. We ain't in that club, and we're not ever going to be. They are part of the military-industrial complex and huge funders of the mainstream corporate media. It seems like there's so many different voices out there. It just seems like there's so many. you got the routers, you got AP, you got USA Today, New York Times, Time, CNN, ABC, MSNBC. CNBC, MSNBC, all this stuff. It just seems like there's so many different voices out there. If you just choose one of them, you're going to get enough of the news that you're going to be informed. You're going to be well-informed. You're going to be able to make educated uh, decisions whenever things are put in your lap, you know, like to take the shot or not. These these six companies now control over 90% of what you watch. Take this, take a screenshot of it, blow it up, look through each one of these fucking companies, and decide for yourself which one of them really portrays everything 
to the uh, super progressive left, to the super progressive right. I don't think there's very many TV markets for that, the, the Tiki Torch Whites, as Dave Chappelle calls them. Not much of a market for those guys. <laughs> they kind of find each other somehow or another. It's mag magnetic, almost magical. They all kind of somehow or another find each other. I don't know how, and I don't really fucking know why. Uh, I don't know what you're supposed to get out of it. But pretty much every other group you can find heavily supported, heavily shown, heavily documented, and heavily backed within each one of these companies that is now controlled by six major companies and in 1997 it was controlled by over 50. There are all kinds of ways to get different news. All you have to do is just read two or three different major news outlets or watch them and you could be an informed person in 1997. That time is way gone. So looking at any of these companies, looking at this old legacy media, this old corporate media that we're all so used to looking at, knowing the name CBS World News Tonight, Fox News, CNBC, MSNBC, all of this shit, ABC, all of it. It's a dinosaur. It's a thing of the past. It's currently putting out its death rattle and its death throes. It's doing everything it possibly can to silence people like me who will tell you just the truth. Here's what they said. Here's when they said it. And in the middle is my opinion of why I think they're saying it. <clears throat> I don't show you a party line. I don't show you talking points. I don't share any of that. I don't repeat the same stuff that you hear with other shows. I don't say the same stuff that you hear talked about on the Jimmy Dore show or the Russell Brand show or Joe Rogan or Alex Jones for that matter. And there's never going to be a time that you're ever going to hear me beg you to purchase things so that way the show can keep going. I've been doing this for four fucking years. And it's taken this long to just now get to the point where every couple of shows I put out, plus the audio and everything, represents about 10,000 people listening and watching every couple of shows. So if I do a show every week and then I expand and go to the two or three channels or platforms like we're planning on doing here next week, and that grows expon exponentially from there, we're still only talking, you know, 10 grand a week. But I've been taken down on Twitter. I've been banned on Facebook. I've been banned on Instagram. I've been restricted on Facebook. I've had my account frozen on Alignable. I had my original channel taken down off of YouTube. Three strikes, that's it. Because I told people that ivermectin is a safe alternative and a safe prophylactic to make sure that you, A, don't get sick, or if you do get sick, to really streamline the symptoms and get it over and done with as quickly as fucking possible. But because Trump came out three years ago and poorly explained it, and poorly explained it, uh, as far as um, uh, hydrocortisone, uh, he explained that incredibly poorly. He said it was like bleach, <laughs> and we're going to shine a UV light in your lungs. Now, there was the studies that were already well known that under UV white light, uh, COVID basically disappears. 
I mean, really, if I was really interested in the public health, I would make it mandatory that at the entry of every storefront that you go into, every door that you go into, at the school, at the mall, at the post office, fucking any of it, that you walk through a UV light. And then vitamin D be prescribed to everybody and given out freely because over 90% of the cases that have died, and this has been proven, it's even been reported right now, do your own research in the CDC. They're showing that over 90% of the people who died in the ER, whatever they were told, whatever they were said or tagged to be COVID patients, were deficient in vitamin D. We can give out Narcan. We, should, we could damn sure give out vitamin D. 